0: This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast, and I'm here with Rob. Hi, Rob. So good to have you here.
1: Hi, Annie. It is so great to be here. You know, I've watched so many of your podcasts, and like when guests come on, Oftentimes I feel like they're just like glowing because they're so happy happy to be with you, so so this is me glowing
0: <laughs> oh, that's so awesome so fun so um why don't you take us take us uh way back even to your childhood like where Where did your story with alcohol begin
1: absolutely so um I would say that for most of my life i was I was what you'd call a normal drinker right so so what do I mean by that? I drank for social occasions i drank to party, I drank at concerts, and you know, I drank to have a good time. And absolutely that meant that I drank way too much on way many an occasion, you know, but it just, it really wasn't a problem for me. So, and I'm, I'm really curious about that term, normal drinking because, well, so I'm actually a fan of AA and I go, I do go to meetings every week, but I do have some fundamental differences with AA philosophy. And one of the ways I feel like, I feel like the fact that the conversation has been driven towards this idea that there are normal drinkers and then there's the, the, the A word, right, um, doesn't necessarily serve us because I think there's a lot of normal drinkers who have an issue with drinking, and, but they can always kind of say, oh, but I'm not one of those people, right? So um, I think you, you even talk about like when your friend went to AA and you were still drinking and then they came to you and said, oh no, no, I'm different than you, right? Which kept you from from even looking at that point. So so I don't think that really serves us. So this whole idea of normal drinking, but the other thing about that term normal drinker is, listen to it, like if you flip it around, it's like drinking is normal. And that was absolutely the case for me. I just assumed drinking would be a normal part of my life for my entire Mm -hmm. life. My parents were in no way classic problem drinkers, but my dad was a big wine collector. And he was really into that and he was a food critic and he, he, um, among other things. But he um. He even, I think I was 11, I remember he he, he sat me at the dinner table and I put two sips of wine, you know, we're having a din- he's having a dinner party, two two glasses of wine in front of me and had me sit and I could tell which one was the better vintage. And he thought that was just great. You know, it's just bragging to, have, you know, how his son a was- A party
0: little. trick. <laughs> was <laughs> well, that yeah, the first like time you drank? Con-
1: a connoisseur in me. Uh could well have been. The Thank first time I got drunk, um I was babysitting, probably around the same age, twelve, maybe I was babysitting in a neighbor's and invited the neighborhood, you know, the boys over and we hit the liquor cabinet. We drank um, uh, rum straight out <laughs> of the bottle. I got so wasted and I I, I threw up. I, I tried to make it to the to the back um, porch, but I I vividly remember throwing up on the drapes and then in my drunken state attempting to wipe it off, you know, and I, I can't imagine I did a good job. But the odd thing about it was No one said anything and I can't imagine they didn't notice and it makes me again wonder was it sort of like, oh, well, boys will be boys. This is a normal part of going up or maybe I blocked it out, you know, it could be trauma. I don't know. But I don't remember ever Having it been brought up. That was the first time I remember um getting getting drunk. So do you So anyway,
0: it Or not really
1: Well, it ended up being a kind of a traumatic traumatic event, so it, it was mm-hmm. full of stress, but I was also kind of blown away. I, I think it kind of scared me honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, because it was really intense and powerful. I don't remember drinking again I don't know when I, I'm not sure when the next time I drank again I don't have a clear memory of that <clears throat> but but it just was a ubiquitous part of my life, you know whether it was through high school or college or or whatever i was I just always assumed I'd have a life with alcohol. And I always assumed I'd be drinking at certain events and certain times, but, but it wasn't a problem. Like I, I liked bourbon, so I used to get one of those big, the whatever, 1.75 bottles of bourbon, the big ones with the handle. And that would last me like months, you know, so that, that wasn't like heavy, heavy drinking by any means. But in the last eight years or so, um, my guardrail, I'd say my guardrails came off. Like I used to have guardrails. Like, I never used to drink during the day. I usually drank on the weekends. I usually drank when I was going out, you know, and, and if I was at home, I usually just had one or two. But my guardrails came off. And, and so, so how did that happen? Well, let's just say the idea of drinking more was presented to me, <laughs> the, the idea that I could take off my guardrails. And I think it's really important here to talk about responsibility because what I would say is no matter what you may blame your drinking on or what circumstance or what person or whatever you know one thing i had to come to in my journey was to recognize that every time i took a drink to my lips that was me <laughs> that was me doing it. it was my choice you know it wasn't it wasn't anybody making me do that and why that's so important responsibility is that if i'm responsible then i can make a choice then i can do something about it i'm the one with the power and also If I'm responsible, I can take responsibility for feeling all the feelings around it. I'm not putting anything outside of me on anyone else. Mm -hmm. So, so, but, but let's just say that definitely part of my story at the time was like, I'm, I'm being influenced in a certain way. I was, I was feeling really disappointed. I was feeling disappointed in my marriage. I was feeling disappointed in my career. I, I, I was, I was scared and I was in pain and I didn't want people to see that. So I started to drink to kind of cover it and to numb it. And I started to drink more and I started to drink heavily and it became a problem. You know, I I developed a tolerance (laughs) and it's funny, like we talk about tolerance, like it's a good thing, right? I mean, you, you also talk about that, like early in your career when you're like, Oh, I'm going to intentionally develop a tolerance. Tolerance is not a good thing. (laughs) It's not Right. right. It's like your body's attempt to balance this incredibly imbalanced situation and to require more and more alcohol to get the same effect. And it, you know, it just started to get really scary for me. I, I started to see personality changes. Um, I also contracted Lyme disease during this time, which had a co-infection, and one of the uh, symptoms was was actually rage, and, and alcohol really fueled that. So, I mean, I'm typically known as a pretty nice guy, but I started to have these fits of of anger and rage that were just not me, and mm. were really scary. You know, it's like who is this person? You know, um, I never had that before, and. And then let's just say the embarrassing kind of uh, moment started to increase or, or bad, let's just call them bad outcomes, like, you know, blackouts, um, difficulty standing up. <laughs> like I, there were a few times in public where I, I lost my balance and, you know, I live in a small town, you know, it's um, intense fights with my spouse, just really just all these things that. You know C- Catherine Gray, who's an author, she wrote *The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober*. I know, I know you're a fan, and I am too. Talks about rock bottom convincers, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes it's like, oh, I hit a rock bottom, but th- there are all these rock bottom convincers along the way for me. Like just that said, this this is just not the way you want to be living your life. This is really really not good. Um, but I would say my 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 rock bottom convincers sort of culminated. In December 2018, um, during the holiday season. So, I have I have a daughter, and I love my daughter as much as it's possible to love another human being, and we have a great relationship, and we're very close. And I'd say developing a drinking problem is the worst thing I ever did as a parent. Um, not because I was mean to her, not because I did you know it, it damaged our relationship in any any way like that but because I put her in really uncomfortable situations and because also she was watching this thing happening to me that was so painful and that I, you know, none, she couldn't do anything about it, I couldn't do anything about it. Like that was just really, really hard. And so when my daughter would come home for visits, I tended to drink more because there was stress, some family dynamics stress. And so and I tended to- was she
0: at college at this time or?
1: No, no, she's, she's 29. <laughs> she, yeah, she, was, she lives in, uh, in, in New York area, and, and, but she'd be coming home uh, to Virginia for, for visits. Um, so I, I would tend to drink more uh, during those times and that didn't, didn't go well. There were some really mm-hmm. uncomfortable times. So I promised her on, December you know that that December that I was going to be sober when she got home and I was (laughs) I did I, I I stopped drinking and I was sober when she got home and for five days I was sober and it was really great you know um and then comes Christmas Eve and she went to be with her mom to um celebrate Christmas Eve and I thought okay I'm gonna have a glass of champagne but no way was I gonna stop at a glass of champagne so then the next day she came home for Christmas day and she walked in the house and she took one look at me and she said, you're drunk, this sucks. And she went in a room and she shut the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that was, that was Christmas, you know, the presents just sat there unopened. And, um, you know, that's just an example of, of, you know, a real rock bottom convincer. And one of the hardest things When I look back on my drinking, one of the hardest things for me is realizing that as much as I love her, as much pain as I was causing and as much as she wanted me to stop, I couldn't, like I wanted to, but I just couldn't. That was a terrible, terrible feeling. Anyway, things kind of deteriorated from there. Um, Not so much between us, but I just kept drinking more. I wasn't sleeping. We had house guests, like overnight guests. And for so many, many of us who developed heavy drinking issue hiding is a big part of it right so i had bottles hidden all over but it's really hard to hide when people are staying in the same house with you and it was just very uncomfortable and some of my guests were like oh you seem fine i was like no i'm not fine and and then you know towards the end of the break we had surprise family visit and so it was about december 30th and i literally put dinner in the oven went to bed And I didn't get back up. Like I couldn't greet them. I couldn't come to the table to sit for dinner. Like I was just an absolute wreck. And it it was so, you know, humiliating and so awful. You know, I I really liked these people. I wanted to spend time with them. So that was really, you know, that was the low point for me. Um, uh, I had been searching for a solution for about two years. I'd been to four substance abuse therapists. I'd been to AA meetings. I'd, um, you know, had conversations but I was still drinking and I I went on Amazon because I thought if I could find a book that would explain some of what's going on chemically and biologically with me, maybe it would help. And that did end up being the case, like it's helped me a lot to understand what alcohol does. So I was on Amazon and I'm reading a review of a book and it says, this is a good book, but if you want to read a really good book, read, Annie Grace's *This Naked Mind*, and I said, "Okay, I'll order that." So I, I bought *This Naked Mind* and I read it, <laughs> and 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 it was great. It gave me a lot of hope, and it made sense to me. And I was still drinking, and I even remember, like, I got to the chapter towards the end where, like, "Okay, now you're ready," and I'm like, "I'm not ready." <laughs> I was scared, you know. I was like, "Wait, I'm supposed to be ready." Um, but but along came the very first ever live alcohol experiment, January first, 2019 which I signed up for and it was perfect timing because like I, you can tell I was super motivated at that point to do something. So I, you know, I signed up for the very first ever live alcohol experiment and I haven't had a drink since. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know? Awesome. Yeah, that's amazing to me. It's, it's miraculous almost. Um, and I didn't intend to stop. I mean, my goal when I joined the alcohol experiment was to get my drinking problem under control so that I could go back to drinking normally. Right. Right. But, but after 30 days I knew it wasn't enough. So, and so I've been on every alcohol experiment that I think there's been seven either either as a mentor or I was hired to coach in, in November and, um, January, which was, which was amazing for me to go full circle, be able to, to participate, to give back what I received. But anyway, um, Every group has formed an alumni group afterwards so that we can continue the relationships and continue their journey. So our, our alumni group from the January 2019 group is called AFAF, maybe you might know what that means. <laughs> and, um, and it was with those folks that I, d- I decided to just go through the experiment again. So do another 30 days, get back into the material. I think it's really useful to just, when you're doing a mindset shift to just keep steeping yourself in that material. Um, I give a lot of credit to my friend Jeremy because he took a real leadership role in the that that alumni group and um, you know these groups exist because people show up for them but but leadership is good too and I I say that now especially during this time of of weirdness like online is becoming so important so I really encourage people to like step out there and create communities or find communities because they can be really really helpful really supportive um my I've made such good friends with the AFAF folks. In fact, we, eleven of us, got together and met in New York City last August and spent a weekend together and we had the best time. I mean, it was incredible. None of us knew one woman came from Australia, a couple from Illinois, all over the country. And we didn't know what it would be like, but we had the best time. And I think, I think just going through this journey and being vulnerable and honest with each other and understanding, having, you know, creates really close bonds. So, so it was with them that I did the next 30 days. So the, I did 60 days and my 60 turned into hundred, my hundred turned into a year. And a year is a great time amount of time to take off if you just are, are trying it cause you get to experience every season, every holiday, every, you know, a, a year's worth of experience. And, you know, my sobriety just got stronger and stronger due to the data that I was collecting. You know, oh, I can go to a concert and not drink. I can go out with my drinking friends and not drink and have a great time. Um, so it was more that I continued to work on my mind shift. It wasn't just a function of time,
0: right? Your because, internal data
1: that you were yeah,
0: having these experiences and
1: totally and continuing to use the naked mind methodology to to continue to strengthen my mindset and to look at every place. Is there any place where I'm still you know feeling urges or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I I've had so let the cat out of the bag there, but I am I am a coach now. But but I, when when I was starting out on that journey, so, uh, of, you know, to be a sobriety coach, I had my fr- some friends in AA tell me or say to me, I think you should wait, wait until you have a few years under your belt, you know, as if that would make my sobriety stronger. And the thing, what I love about the Naked Mind methodology is my alcohol free mindset is as strong now as it's gonna be in five years, because mm-hmm. that's the way the method works. You know, I'm not gonna get any, you know, I'm, I have absolutely no desire to drink. I could take a shot of bourbon and do like this and go, smells good, and put it down because I have no interest in it. I'm, I've actually done that. You know, I just have no interest in, in drinking, which is, again, totally, totally miraculous in terms of going from a place where I felt like I had a desperate, desperate desire to drink to, yeah, I, can, I, I have no interest in drinking.
0: Well, it's really um, one of the things I think that kind of cements that a little bit. Some of the science behind that is really fascinating. So uh, it's really interesting that it has been obvious, like, that there's this correlation between how long you do a habit and how successful you might be. Um, But what some new science is showing, and um, in the book, Tiny Habits by B.J. Fogg, he really goes into this idea, uh, and he's a scientist and a researcher at Stanford. And the idea is that like that is correlation. So there isn't any causation in that, the length of time and the success. It's correlated because obvious reasons, right? However, what actually is causal so that where you look at something happening in somebody's life actually causing success over a long period of time is emotion, emotion around the habit change, whatever that habit is, where it's drinking or social media or whatever the habit is, If, if, if you exercise for example if you are emotionally excited or you join an exercise um, gym that gives you like a pat on the back and you feel really good afterwards or you have endorphins or you're doing it with a group of friends or you're doing something where like you have high positive emotion associated with the habit that is causal to actually have the habit last longer whereas just length of time is correlated but it's not causal and so I think that's really interesting because it isn't And when we think about like this naked mind um, the process of education and the process that you've been through to become a certified, this naked mind coach, like it's really about deconstructing and understanding that the human brain and human beings, we will do what we want to do over the long term. We can force Mm -hmm. ourselves to do what we don't want to do over the short term. We all know this. We all have to go to the dentist. We all have to wake up you know, two in the morning with our babies. We have to do things that we don't want to do. I I want to be eating cookie dough all the time, but I don't do it. But it is the things that we actually learn to want to do to associate positive emotion with that Actually last because then it becomes unconsciously competent, which means that you do it without even having you know thought behind it right, and yeah. so that I think is so different, and that means that, like what you 're saying it is actually scientifically true it 's much less about the length of time um, than it is about how you feel in the moment, like how you feel doing the habit. And so mm-hmm. when, when many people like it during the alcohol experiment, it's a very positive experience. You're feeling good. You're, you're making friends. I love that you guys all went to, to New York together, you know? And I mean, there's these, these groups that are forming and, and instead of feeling like, Oh, this is a really negative, sad, shameful experience an experience that I have to hide. It's like, no, this is an experience I'm really proud of. You have a concept that, um, that I love about just like it, it being a badass experience frankly so right. can you talk more about that
1: sure absolutely so yeah as a little um sort of tagline that i'm playing with these days is, is, is alcohol free is the new badass right so so what do i mean by that so we're all sort of inundated with messaging that says drinking is cool right from advertising from from our culture like whatever that ad is um the most amazing man in the world you know or yeah, you know, or the, you know, how many movies where, where a guy takes a shot before going into battle, or, or, you know, which is the stupidest thing you can possibly do. Oh, I'm going to put my life in the line. Let me dull my senses and, you know, and, and slow down my reflexes first. I mean, it makes no sense. Um, even Lord of the Rings. So when I, was in de- when I was detoxing in January 2019, one of the things I did was I sort of set up my house to be my own personal rehab. I don't think rehab would have worked for me because when I would have gotten out, I would have been in the same, situ- you know, same circumstances, but I made my home into a, my own rehab and I made it very comfortable. I changed up some routines. And one of the things I did during that time was I watched Lord of the Rings trilogy because it was long and I loved it. And I watched like the special features and you know, night after night, not you know, an hour here, an hour there. So I'm watching and here comes this scene where you know, our, our, our merry band of heroes is getting shit-faced. <laughs> I mean just getting smashed and and I never really thought about it before but from this lens I'm looking and going you know there's Legolas you know pouring down whatever he was drinking just getting hammered which is again saying this team of heroes like maybe the most well-liked team of heroes in literature is 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 cool and they're getting drunk you know so I mean we get that message so I totally adopted that you know I thought getting drunk was part of being cool and you know bourbon was my drink which is a nice you know manly whatever drink and i had my bourbon bottles like on my windowsill in in college and and um you know over time i started to adopt the idea that 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 drinking made me a better person somehow it made me more fun it made me less inhibited uh more engaged more lively You know, I had great thoughts, you know, and I mean, and I did, I'm not going to pretend I didn't have great times drinking and I did, I was pretty high functioning and I did have moments of, of brilliance even, you know, um, I'm not going to pretend like that didn't happen, but the sad thing was I started to feel like I had to depend on drinking to be my best self, you know, and like I mentioned before, I started to see these personality changes that I didn't like. In fact, I started to get feedback from friends that's like, "Mm, maybe, you know, like, I remember my friend, one of my oldest friends, Toby, um, said to me, "I kind of miss the old Rob," and that really like hit me. You know, I was like, "Oh, really?" Because I was just assuming that this was the guy everyone liked. So, what is a badass? I mean, for me, a badass is authentic. Someone who has the courage to be themselves. Someone who has the courage to take a stand on something. Um, but, but what what I learned over time was this this drunk his drinking persona was anything but those things like i i was a distorted version of myself it wasn't the real me and i kind of have william porter to thank for this piece because you know he wrote the book alcohol explained and he talks about how okay for example if if you get angry and you you you're angry and then your your natural then propensity would be to, to calm down like you don't stay angry but alcohol like takes the lid off that so you don't just stop, you get angry and you get angry and you stay angrier. And we've all seen this. We've seen really angry drunks. We've seen really uh, sad, you know, miserable people drinking. We've seen really happy, like it, it's an intensifier, but it's a distorter. So when I read his book, I was so relieved because it was like, wait a minute, this isn't the real me. This is a distortion of me. And, in, and so, you know, in fact, since I've stopped drinking, I'm a much more authentic Uh, Me (laughs) and I think that's that's real really badass. I mean just to to be able to stand on myself, you know stand on my own Um, You know another thing is I I used alcohol to, to downplay my anxiety And it you know feeling like I'd be more badass if people didn't see how anxious I was and it did numb it out it numbed it out, but What I've realized now that I have a point of comparison is that I had all this anxiety running underneath the numbness for example, you know, what if I say something stupid? What if I forget what the person just said? To, you know, what, what if I forget what the person just said told me? What if I black out or, you know, get really drunk and fall down? What if I get stopped by the cops on the way home? What, what Am I going to get to sleep tonight? What am I going to feel like in the morning? Why am I drinking so much? How, you know, I had to hide like how much I was drinking, go sneak another shot, you know. All that stuff is really anxiety producing. And now that I again have a point of comparison, like I'm like anxiety, I rarely ever get anxiety, anxious anymore. I rarely ever get depressed. And I didn't know that would happen. I'm thinking my level of emotional balance is so great. And I'm thinking it's better than even before I became a problem drinker. Because even before I was a problem drinker, I still drank um, every week, most of, most of my life. And alcohol can stay in your system for 10, 11 days easily. So you know, at least in terms of recovering from all the effects. So I never really gave myself a chance to experience this, this kind of balance. And now that I'm experiencing it, um, I wouldn't give it up for anything. It's, it's, it's way more, I'm way more healthier in my mind and a better version of myself than I ever thought I could be. And, and again, it's, it feels almost miraculous. That's <laughs> um, so awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, alcohol is artificial. It's a crutch, you know? And I feel like every time I took a drink, because I wanted to be more courageous or funnier, I was sending myself, or sexier, whatever. I was sending myself a message that said, you can't, you're not enough. You need this thing. You need this extra thing, you know, to really be your best self. But that was really sending a message that there's something wrong with me. So again, I feel like what's really bad as to say, this is me, you know, this is what you get. This is the real me. I'm, you know, <laughs> I do like, I do like going out drinking, you know, not not drinking, but with my drinking friends. And and I'm sorry, drinking friends, but sometimes when I'm hanging out with them, I'm thinking to myself, my God, I could run circles around this person right now. (laughs) You know, I'm just so much more engaged. I'm so much more focused. My heart is open. I'm bound, you know, and I just prefer this. It's not, it's like you said, it's, you know, in terms of going for what feels right or, or what we really want. This is what I really want now. It's not, I'm not white knuckling it i'm not missing it i mean i miss it a little bit i know there's certain experiences I'll, i won't have but i had those and i know what they're like and I, it's not a problem really giving those up in in given that now this is what i have
0: it's <laughs> mm-hmm. so awesome it's so great it's <laughs> very badass that's awesome <laughs> i you. love it so speaking of sort of social life and stuff how Has it been pretty good? Have you been able to, um, have people been annoyed or upset with the fact that you're not drinking or has there been any ripple effects or has it been, how has it been?
1: No, it's been really great. It's been really great. Um, (laughs) When I was drinking, I dreamed about someday being a person who could say, oh yeah, I had that problem and now it's gone and who could be super open about it. And even like, I know when people first come on the alcohol Experiment, they're hesitant to even post. Like, I don't want anyone to know. And I, I was super, I felt super ashamed. Um, I even used to go around to different liquor stores because I didn't want the, the checkout person to see me coming multiple times. Um, but clearly, I mean, over time and clearly then with my choice of, of career, I've gone completely the other way. I'm so open about it. But I've cultivated a total a total sense of non judgment. I have absolutely no judgment about drinking, and I make I make sure people know that. And I don't, I don't. You know, I can't for one thing because I I drank too much. I know you know I know what it's like. Plus, you know, if I'm judging someone else, I feel like at some level I'm saying I know how to run your life better than you, and I don't. You know, all I all I can do is provide you with support and information, and but I can't. I don't know what's best for you. You know, only you do. So. Most people really love to hear my story. Most of the time, the response I get is a surprising amount of the time I, I hear, oh, yeah, I gave up drinking, too, recently. It's working out good for me. And, you know, my friends that drink, we hung, I, mean, I remember one friend, he was like, oh, you still go drinking with us? Well, you know, I'm like, yeah, I will. <laughs> it's no problem. Anyway, to answer your question, you know, already long, short story long, but, um, but it hasn't really been a problem,
0: you know. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. so um so where um so rob um two final questions for you Mm -hmm. and thank you so much you are uh first of all well actually three final questions because i have another thing that i'm i'm curious about but but you're just you're a great storyteller so um i really appreciate that and and showing sharing some of the details and the vulnerability uh specifically with your daughter how are things now
1: oh fantastic really fantastic it's you know, it's odd because I wouldn't wish what I what happened to me on anybody. Like, I'm not going to advocate the hey, you know, get, develop a really strong dependence on alcohol, school of personal growth. But, but I don't think had I had I not gone through what I've been through, I don't think I'd be where I am right now. It's weird how the how the world works mm. that way.
0: Absolutely. And so,
1: with my daughter and I. I feel like we are way closer than we have ever been before because part of it is because of this emotional balance and the sense that I am more authentic. I'm not, I'm not. I have less anxiety. I don't hold things back. I'm much more open with her, and so it's just it's it's amazing. We're having just the best relationship. I actually the same trip I went to New York I, I spent some time with her too and it was um we had the best time some <laughs> one of the best conversations I've ever had in my life I had with her so and you know so yes it's great
0: <laughs> oh it's just so awesome that's so awesome yeah. so um the second question you're now a certified naked mind coach and where can people find you
1: um well uh my company is called recover freedom and I chose that name very consciously because again I don't feel like my it's my job to tell people um, or even get people to stop drinking, my job is to help people get to a point where they have the freedom to make a choice. Um, mm. So I'm at uh, recoverfreedom.org. Um, can I tell the story of how I became a coach or yeah, out of, of time? Course. Oh, well, <laughs> so I fell in love with the Naked Mind Methodology. And when Annie rolled out a coaching program, I was curious and I thought, hmm, you know, this sounds interesting. <laughs> What's this about? So I, I she, I'm talking about you, so I'm talking to the audience. Though. Like, <laughs> Annie recorded, because you're right here, um, Annie recorded a video, a little short video to talk about what the program entailed and all about the program. So I'm watching this video, I'm thinking, okay, this sounds interesting. I don't know if I wanna do it, but mm, it looks interesting. And then about three quarters of the way through, Annie, Annie says this, a couple of days ago, a client named Rob <laughs> wrote me a note that said, I don't know what it would be like to be a person who has such a, had such a huge impact on the lives of others. And in some cases, maybe even saved people's lives. What I do know that I'm, is that I'm one of your people, Annie, and as such, I will carry you in my heart till I die. I'll never describe this remarkable transformation I've achieved without thinking of you. So, so I'm watching Annie tear up she's reading my testimonial and i'm tearing up as i'm watching annie tear up and then i'm like okay forget it i'm signing me up where's it give me the contract you know like you you had me at whatever you know it's like totally and and it's been one of the if not the best decision i've ever made um the 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 training was phenomenal not just learning how to be a coach but learning how to how to uh, be a business owner um i love my job so much it's you know, what drives me is I remember what it was like to feel like just miserable and at my wit's end or, or you know, just that there was something I had to do something about and I didn't know what. And the fact that I can be, you know, that that place to turn when people don't know where to turn is so gratifying. And it's so great that I work every day with people to help them, you know, take steps and get to the point where they can choose to have the life that they want. It's just it's amazing. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, and and so yeah, uh, recoverfreedom.org. I'm at you know Annie has been so generous in terms of the way she sets each of us, uh, each of us up to do our own thing. You know, we're not we're not meant to be this naked mind clones. You know, we, we each of us have a voice because Annie speaks of that. We all know this is bigger than any one of us. So you know, she's she's generously made the videos from this naked mind uh, alcohol experiment available for us to do our own. So I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing my own version of the alcohol experiment um, in, in, in partnership with This Naked Mind. And you know, I thought to myself, well, what, what can I add in terms of value? So you know, we're gonna have um, classes. Well, I'm gonna pick different topics. For example, nutrition or movement or relationships in alcohol or mindfulness. So just adding in additional material that will focus on those topics um, also I'm going to have really good you know great authors in the field speaking maybe I'll come one day Annie um, and and also offer a free one-on-one coaching session you know so so just if you're interested Rob uh, recoverfreedom.org or email me at Rob at recoverfreedom.org um, really excited about this you know being able to to provide the same kind of opportunity that I had
0: it's awesome so and one thing that I think is, is so, so neat, um, as I get to have the privilege of having, uh, hearing stories from people who, you know, not only have gone through their own journey, but have now joined me in, in this and become, you know, uh, students of this Naked Mind Institute is, you know, there's so often this idea that we need to be fixed to heal, And actually it is the wounded healer, you know, the one who's been there, who's been in it, um, the one who has the scars, who has the wisdom that really gives us the hope. And hope is such a huge part of healing. And when you combine that with the knowledge and the science and the practicality, uh, it's magical. And so I just appreciate you, Rob, so much. So I'm going to ask you the question I ask at the end of all of these things, which is if you're going to go back in time, especially to that Christmas um, when the presents were unopened, And you were just feeling so distant from your daughter and and so upset and you're going to tell rob what life is like now for him what would you tell him
1: well well, here's what i would say um i mean in terms of what life is like well okay i got you um what i would say is okay this woman annie grace who's saying your life could be much better without alcohol take what she's saying and multiply it exponentially because your life is going to get so much better. You can't even imagine it yet. And, and so trust that your life is going to be, you know, your emotional balance, your level of engagement, your level of confidence, your productivity, all these things, your, your relationships, all these things are going to improve exponentially. You know, I, I, that's what I'd say. I'd, I'd
0: say, listen to her. <laughs> just have <laughs> some trust. <laughs> I, um, let me see if I can find, I, I literally just took took this note at something else, totally unrelated. Um, and it was such a cool piece of advice. And it was basically, uh, it said, we spend so much of our time, so much of our human brain trying to weigh what's right. What's true. What's, mm. is this, is this like who, like, let's read some more reviews. Let's wait a little bit of time. Like let's, let's Google Rob 18 billion ways till Sunday to, you know, before we, we decide that we want to, you know, jump on board and, and, um, <laughs> And come and work with him or whatever. And we spent so much time with this, like, what if it's right? What if this is true? And so the tool that I was given was listen and interact with what we're saying as if it's true and just mm-hmm. give yourself that freedom to take mm-hmm. all the noise and be like, okay, if what I'm saying is true and you can just take that leap of faith, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you were to- telling former Rob, of, yeah. yeah. what if it is true? what if it's true that the everything you're looking for is just on the other side? Like, what if it's true- right that actually it's your best life, not your worst life. What if it's true that it's never about missing out? It's actually about being so grateful that you're not where you were anymore. What if it's true yes. that all the things you thought you were getting, you actually get tenfold elsewhere? What if it's true that you're trading this very shallow existence? I always like to say, you know, an, an existence of, of getting drunk all the time is really actually homogenous because it feels the same to be drunk on Christmas as it does at a concert as it does in front of Netflix, right? And so you're, you're, you're numbing down the human experience and the human emotion and what if it's true that actually when you let that go you have this rich vibrant yes you have downs but you have ups and they're so Mm -hmm. beautiful and just Mm -hmm. like again like listen and interact maybe with this podcast maybe with Rob's alcohol experiment as if what we're saying is true and give yourself permission to put down the judgment for a minute and what do you have to lose you come out, you take a, f- a leap of faith. It's not true. You can write us a letter. Be yes. like, no, I'm yes. so upset and, that I stopped drinking. It was the worst decision. I ever. That's never happened, by the way. I've, n- I've never received that letter. <laughs>
1: no. And what if it's true is a way better question than, oh, what are all the reasons why it might not be true? Yeah. You know, I just find like, that question. such a more empowering question. Such a more mm. empowering question. And I, and I just, I love what you said about brokenness because This, I actually, you know, I have a fantastic therapist and we had a session remotely the other day um, on on Zoom, but he said, um, he said like this whole thing about once I pass the test or once I win the game, then I'll be accepted and I'm okay. Is is, that's like for a young person, you know, that's like when Mm -hmm. you're in school. And his point was like growing up and learning to be kind of be your own parent for lack of a better metaphor, is about recognizing that, sure, play the game to win, but don't confuse, confuse the results with, who, with, with the great, like you could say we're broken, but we're really not broken. I mean, we've had difficult situations, especially if we've drank, it's easy to beat yourself up. But it's like, no, you know, it's like you did what you did and here you are, you know, you don't have to prove anything. You don't have to win anything. You don't have to make anything up. In fact, you can't, the past is gone. Just being yourself and sharing that with others. Mm. You know, I think that's the, I know that's the key. It sounds kind of simple, but that's- No, it's
0: so good. I mean, it really brings to mind like this idea I've been thinking, toying around with that the best games are the games that there is no winning. Mm -hmm. Like the game of life, the game of business, Mm -hmm. the game of relationships, you know, the game of health. Like you're never Mm -hmm. going to be like, okay, now the score is this, I'm done. I'm going to stop playing. And actually, if you look at games in general, you know, there's so much depression the day after winning a Super Bowl from the very people that just won it, right? Wow. And the year after yeah. winning a Super Bowl, right? Because you've, <laughs> no you've, <more> achieved, <laughs> you've achieved the thing. And so yes. actually moving from the games to win and the goals to win and these future gates and these to saying, oh, wow, I'm just playing for the sake of the game. I'm mm-hmm. just here. You know, I love the quote by Taknin Han. I always say that. I never know if I'm saying it right. Um, <laughs> You're close. <laughs> how is it?
1: Thich Nhat Hanh.
0: Thich Nhat Hanh, thank you. There you go. (laughs) Um, uh, The quote is, I am here, I have arrived, my destination is in each step. And for me, like that's as as someone who is very driven toward achievement and toward the next thing is all humans are, but some of us have it, I think in spades um, to just be like, no, this right now, this is the game and it's worth playing, but it's not to win, it's to play, right?
1: Yeah. I love that you said that because I've actually adopted that as one of my mantras. I have arrived, you know, I have arrived. But so many of my sweet friends that have known me for decades, they keep saying, oh, but you've been here all along. Like, mm. This is the you I've always experienced, which has just Very been so, cool. so affirming to me. So That's yeah. so cool.
0: Well, Rob, you're, you're, you're amazing. Um, you've oh. <laughs> been a bright light for me too. And in your, in your gratitude and just in getting to know you through the coaching program and, and especially Thanks. today and sharing your story. That's been really yeah, special. Yeah, this has so. been,
1: this has been great. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it so much. And I hope to see you soon in one form or another.
0: <laughs> Yay. Okay. For sure. Anyway, All right.
1: Take care. Everybody be day. well, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Bye-bye.
0: Bye. If you asked me about the one thing that makes this naked mind so different from anything else, I would have to say emotion. It is the emotion that people feel when they're really ready to make a change, when they've had that mindset shift, when they've gone through all the materials and the methodology, and they get this feeling that it's not that they never get to drink again, it's that they never have to drink again. And interestingly, according to all sorts of new research, it is emotion, especially positive emotion, more than anything else that predicates how long a change will stick, how long it will last. It is emotion. When you feel excited about the change in your life, when you feel thrilled that you're making this new difference, instead of feeling deprived or like you're missing out, everything changes. And it really makes it that this naked mind can stick for the long term. If you want to know more about how to truly change your emotion around drinking, I want you to join me at nakedmindpath.com. It is the path to changing your emotion, changing your feelings, and really finding freedom in your relationship with alcohol. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.